0: We be Hi everyone, Kristen Sinanta Walker here and we've got a wonderful show with a guest who also works for um, Fire Mountain Treatment Center, which is uh, with Erin Huey, one of our podcasters that does Beyond Risk and Back. Her name is Sherry Simmons and also her mother Jan is joining us as well. They've written an amazing book. Um, that details uh, about their psychological book. It's a, a book about trauma for survivors and also clinicians. And uh, we're going to get into that and discuss that today. But first, I'd like to welcome Sherry and Jan to the show.
1: Hello. Thank you for having us here.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So my m- I would love for you two to talk, uh, share with our listeners a little bit more about, about your background. And then I want to get into... Um, what a unique experience that must have been to have a mother and daughter writing, writing this book together.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm I can, I can start. This is Sherry. I, um, knew at the age of 12 when I, when I started becoming more aware of my mom's story, uh, in particular her time in the orphanage that I, that is exactly what I would do with my career is, um, get my licensure, become a therapist, and then ultimately run uh, treatment facilities for adolescents, for children, the way that they should be mm-hmm. run. Um, so it was a, a passion of mine that started early on. I, I have run six residential facilities in the state of Colorado for adolescents, uh, worked at the psych hospital and ran the facility there for 12 years, and um, I teach psychology classes at several different universities, and am now the executive director of Fire Mountain Residential Treatment Center.
0: Fantastic. Well, we love Aaron Huey around here, so
1: <laughs> he is wonderful. Aaron, yes. <laughs> Aaron is great. I started bringing Mom into my uh, the treatment facilities uh, to talk to the kids and and my classes to talk to the students um, several years ago. And they were mesmerized by my mother's story. And, and more than that, how she was able to get to the other end of her own healing and, and come out a strong, resilient woman. And so they were actually the ones that encouraged us to write a book on this.
0: Mm, fantastic. And the book is called Which Way? And I'm assuming it's available on Amazon and many other places.
1: It is. It is.
0: Fantastic, and that and it came out about August of last year. So, listeners, if you're looking for it, you can you can find it. Um, it's out in print now. And um, you know, I found it fascinating because uh, you're of that piece I talked about a little bit earlier, mother and daughter talking about your um, trauma and also the impact on generations. So, can we start with um, you know, Jan, some of your story and why you wanted to write a book?
2: Uh, well, let's be clear. I didn't want to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, you did write a book? Okay. <laughs> I did write a book. Um, I, I guess my story begins uh, at the age of three. Actually, my my dad uh, died, and um, at that time, my brother went to live with um, my paternal grandmother. His, his paternal grandmother. I stayed with my mother uh, who became a, a serious alcoholic and um, and then my abuse began. Uh, it lasted for about six years and the state that we were living in uh, took me away from her finally for uh, neglect and abuse. I went to a hospital first and then I went to uh, the orphanage uh, which was not at all like the hopefully is not at all like the facilities for children today. Uh, it, it it too was very abusive. And I described that, um, graphically in, in the book, uh, what life was like at the orphanage. Um, I worked very hard to, uh, repress everything that had happened. Um, because I took on the shame of all of my abuse. Right. So I, I worked very hard to put that in a place where I didn't have to ever, ever think about it again. Um, and then I, I guess I will say, fortunately, uh, flashbacks began that just taunted me. And I eventually went into therapy My therapist said you must move past the pain uh, that the memories are going to, you know, the full full detail of the memories are going to bring. And so um, I dug my heels in for sure. uh, And I went through, you know, agonizing uh, therapy to to get to the other side as she wanted me to. I do have to say that writing the book took me to the next level of healing that I didn't really understand when I was actually going through my therapy uh, sessions. And that is, I had to actually go back to the sight, the smell, the colors, the, I had to go back into that moment so that I could explain in the book what I was going through and and what I was feeling. And I had not done that in my years of therapy. And it was brutal, and uh, but it was very healing. And so now I feel like I really am on the other side.
0: Mm, good for you. Sherry, how old were you when you really were aware that there was something with mom that, um, you know, needed further ex- uh, exploration?
1: I uh, remember walking into the kitchen. Well, well, let me give you some context first. Um, in my early childhood, I remember seeing my mom really struggle with her weight Um and that was baffling to me because she, you know, I watched her do cleanses and diets and would accompany her to weight watchers. And, you know, I'd, I'd see her eat nothing but lettuce and water with lemon. And, and yet she was continuing to, to put on the weight. And, and even at a young age, that's confusing. Um, I remember walking into the kitchen, though, when I was about eight or nine years old. And mom was cooking breakfast. And when she turned around and saw me, she froze, um, dropped the pans, food went everywhere. Um, she was literally frozen for several minutes, just staring at me. And um, you know what I didn't know then and know now is she, she didn't see the face of her little girl. She saw the face of her mother. And while she had had you know flashbacks and little snippets of of scenes in her in her mind in her adulthood that she didn't quite understand that moment was really a turning point um in terms of her realizing that she needed to go into therapy and figure out what what do all these little flashbacks mean um when she did get into therapy and started talking and unraveling and and piecing together the memories the weight came off instantly
0: hmm Okay, in terms of instantly, you mean literally instantly? Um, <laughs> as, as soon as you walked into therapy?
1: Yeah, good, good question. Uh, over the course of the next six months, the weight just—I I mean, I believe the first or second week that that you were in therapy, mom, correct me if I'm wrong—you uh, lost eleven pounds.
2: Eleven pounds. The the first week of—I had gone to two sessions uh, that that first week in therapy, and I was terrified to get on the scales. But I just, out of curiosity, I just did, and I had lost eleven pounds in that first week. It was extraordinary.
0: And what did it, you? What you know? I know I can understand what you attribute it to, but
2: what in your own words? Uh, are Are you talking to me, Jan? Mm-hmm. The, yes. Yes. Uh, well, I I believe that I was literally eating. Not literally. I was symbolically eating my feelings and I finally regurgitated them. <laughs> gotcha.
0: So it was yep. emotional
2: weight. Exactly. Mm.
0: So how was that for you, Sherry, to see this healing come about with your mother and maybe not really know what it was all about yet, or did you at that point?
1: You know, as a as a child and and when adolescent, I uh, was so intrigued by my, by my mother's healing. There there were times when she would dissociate, and um, it was hard to get her attention and get her her back in the present moment. I could tell she was in another place and another time, remembering something um, that was confusing to me as a child. But but as I got into psychology classes and high school and then eventually college um, it it all started piecing together for me uh, what PTSD looks like and how it manifests for people. Uh, I started studying the brain and the fascinating ways that the brain uh, kicks into gear and helps us adapt and, and cope to horrific, Circumstances, right? Um, you know, repressing memories is 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 one of those ways um, that the brain protects us from our own pain.
0: Yes, absolutely, it does. Um, the dissociation piece, and I, you know, my background, I I have a long family history with the women in our family being um, sexually abused and uh, you know all kinds of uh, different kinds of abuse. So all of the things that you're saying are, are very familiar. Um, Unfortunately, I was also um, sexually abused. And then through the story I was told was through my um, telling at 12, this is what's happening to me. My mother then started to have dreams and remember what happened to her. Mm. Um, But it didn't make for a good uh, mix in terms of um, therapy because then I had to squelch what was happening to me to focus on the immense pain my mother was in. So I'm wondering, you know, that's one mother daughter story, but for the two of you, how was that process for the two of you going through this?
1: So what I hope I portrayed in the book is, um, our 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 stuff, whatever our undealt with stuff is, um, trickles down to the next generation. Mm-hmm. And you know, I watched my mother in her early and and middle adulthood um, really be pretty passive. Um, mm-hmm allow people to walk all over her she was mistreated um, even by family members right. uh, and so I I adopted that same mentality and and you know sought out people men in my life who who treated me poorly because uh, that's that's all I knew um, you know you watch you watch your mother and incorporate that or your parents and incorporate that in as truth um, what was fascinating though about this story is when I saw mom getting healthy and, and starting to stand up for herself and starting to find her voice and connect to her emotions, I was in my 20s and 30s. And I guess what I wanna let people know is it's, it's never too late to change your, beha- your, your behavior, your, your pattern, your thoughts. Um, because i in watching her i too became strong and, and, and watched her be resilient and i too learned how to be resilient hmm. and that was of course later in in life but well it's never too late to to learn a different way to take a different path
0: Right. Very true. I mean, some people don't have that journey, but this is a wonderful story of hope for a lot of people that are going through this, um, you know, themselves. What prompted you? I'm guessing Sherry, you were kind of the one that spearheaded the book. Am I correct in that assumption?
1: Yes, you are. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, (laughs) You know, my students and of course clients were were telling us for years, you need to write a a book on this and and get the story out to people. So I said, "Mom, I want to do this. I want to. I want to write this book." And so we decided, "Okay, let's just start with a chapter. Come together, uh, you know, over some coffee, and and see where we're at. See if it's something we even want to do." So I meet with mom, and I said, "Mom, I've got my. I've got a chapter written." And mom looks at me and says, "I. I wrote the whole book. I, I went ahead and did." <laughs> and she she hands me a page and a half of her story. And I said, This this is it? She said, Yeah, that's that's my story right there. I said, Mom, it's a page and a half. <laughs> We're gonna have to add more detail here. <laughs> right.
0: See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I remember going through this with with my mom, her wanting to write a book, and she wrote it, and it was such a glossed over version of that had nothing to do with any of the abuse that I had heard about. And I'm not saying that's what you did, Jan, but I I looked at it, and I was like, Mom, come on. I run this mental health network, and we talk about the most intense stories ever. Like what, what is
2: this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely a wake up when, when I handed her the the page and a half and she said, seriously. (laughs) And then I realized, but I think that's what I had done my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. My dad died. I went to an orphanage. I was abused. It was just two or three words and that covered my whole life because I avoided getting into the depth of any of it. Right. Well,
0: that's protection. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: So how, how did you get it out of you to be able to, you know, write more than a page? And a half?
2: <laughs> well, I, um, I think it was the word detail that Sherry used uh, when she, she said, mom, you've got to give more detail. So <clears throat> the, the week that I started, I, I just went back. I went back to the very first memory I had of my dad and, uh, which he was a beautiful man. <clears throat> and, um, from what I can remember and then what I've been told, um, from family members, but, uh, and I, I went back to that, that time. I, I tried to see if I could, could feel him and smell him and, um, and, and that's how the journey of writing the book began. I just started detailing that time with him, which I, I do put in the book. And and then I just chronologically did the same with every single event. Um, I cried through a whole bunch of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, um, and then the next morning I would get up to see where I'd left off and I remember I would read it and I would go, Oh my word, I can't even believe I wrote that. Uh, I think I just went to a different time and a different place and I just spilled it all out for the first time in my life.
0: Hmm. Were you raised in a, uh, I mean, we are essentially raised in a way you keep the family secret, just the nature of abuse is that, but then sometimes there's this extra layer of don't you dare speak. my family uh, used all kinds of suppressive religious cult type behavior to, uh, to suppress not telling anybody, you know, what, what was going on at home. So the telling of it uh, for some people in the family is extremely jarring because it goes so against what you were taught. Did you have that experience too while you were writing this? Like, what am I sharing and have to really fight the, the, the want to, not share and not get into the detail
2: absolutely, I did uh, and yes, there was some religious uh, oppression going on uh, in my family of origin and and yes, I was terrified i i I didn't know what uh, how family members were going to accept what I was going to say. And because I had kept it such a secret, um, I I wanted to continue to keep it a secret. I did want to gloss over it. But as I kept writing, and I, I did even say in the book toward the end, I finally realized that it wasn't my shame. This was their shame, not mine. Yeah,
0: that's an, that is such an empowering moment when you do that. Um, Yes, I've even done exercises where I, I picture the shame coming out of me like a toxic gooey black mess. And I picture it flying, coming out of me, flying across wherever and landing right back onto the abusers where it belongs.
2: Mm, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So Sherry, did you, and, you know, I, I, I have read the book, but I'm of course asking questions as if I hadn't because our listeners won't have yet. So Sherry, did you experience um, any kind of, uh, you know, some of the similar abuse that your mother had?
1: Uh, you know, because mom was so unhealthy uh, mm-hmm. when <clears throat> when she was younger and she chose a, a mate that, that also wasn't healthy. Mm -hmm. So I I grew up with a father who uh, was pretty emotionally stunted and um, didn't for whatever reason, I think he was jealous of my relationship with my mother and Mm -hmm. made sure that I felt badly about that, about being born. Um, So, yeah, there was there was some of that growing up. There was a lot of that growing up, that that emotional abuse,
0: extremely narcissistic, probably.
1: Right, right. Um, and it took me um, studying psychology and going through my own therapy to uh, really be exposed to people that, to men in particular that were different, that were healthy, that were right. loving. Um, and that was a that was a journey for me as well. I early in my adolescence, when some of Mom's story uh, was starting to surface more, I developed um obsessive compulsive disorder and and i had a hand washing ritual that was just insane i I couldn't get clean enough Mm. uh, it, it was it was difficult in my adolescence to um deal with that mental health disorder and i think looking back on it now it was really um the result of me trying to make sense of what my mom was walking through and you know, hearing about and being exposed to the dirtiness in this world and the darkness and the ugliness. And and I was trying to wash it off of me.
0: Right. So carrying that shame as well, well within you. Yes. Was there ever a time where you um, where your relationship, um, you know, had some disconnections and then obviously reconnections um, because of the third person person in the relationship, which was the abuse, like its own entity. It can be.
1: I have always been extremely close to my mother. We're, you know, we've talked about being soulmates. We're just, uh, we're just very connected on a spiritual level. Um, I think, so no, there haven't been times in our relationship that, that have been rocky or tense. I will say though that writing this book together was quite a journey because um, having to to read and reread and then edit and reread mm-hmm. the details of my mother's story was heart wrenching to me and and there were moments where we just you know had to throw the book down walk away <laughs> yeah and get at it again the next day but Yeah, there's something.
0: I mean, I've there's something about hearing it that that's unique and then um, reading it just sort of seeps into your marrow. Yes. Hmm. How about you, Jan, and hearing, you know, some of the painful things that Sherry has gone through uh, because of you know, how she was raised and, um, and having this generational trauma. What was that like for you to, to deal with that while you're opening up all these old wounds that you'd worked so hard to not excavate?
2: Right. Uh, well, it was excruciating because I saw the pain that she was going through. Um, and I, I just felt like I was putting her through, even though let's make it clear the book was her idea. (laughs) Um, I felt like I was putting her through so much and, you know, as a mother, uh, you know, from the day she was born, I wanted to wrap her in bubble wrap and protect her from everything. And here I was exposing her to so much. Uh, And, uh, it was excruciating to, to go through, but, um, but I believe that as she said in the very beginning, I believe we both came out of this book even stronger and, uh, and and certainly even our bond uh, is stronger and deepened because she knows my life inside out. And, Mm -hmm. and we, we just loved each other through it, uh, you know, through those difficult moments.
0: Have you all stayed connected to um, families of origin? I know Jan you were um, adopt you know you were uh, in an orphanage and so on, but in terms of like other the way family looked sherry when you were younger is that um that same family that you're connected to now
1: unfortunately no i um I haven't spoken to my father in years um, and am not very close to my sister either. Um, mm. So that, that part of my family of origin is, is real tense and, and not something that I I choose to have in my life because it's toxic. And right. you know part of taking shame and secrets and darkness and putting them in the light is um, di- making decisions about what you will and won't tolerate in your life. Oh, yeah. and, yep. and
0: it's such, it's a big feather ruffler, isn't it?
1: Yes, yes it is. So um so yeah, that's that's different and it's sad. Um but I will say my my mother and, and son and I are we are tight. We are we are a tight group. <laughs>
0: Gotcha. Well, good for you. Good for you. Um, What are, what are you hoping to, I mean, I know obviously you want to help people and, um, and talk about ways that you can heal and helping people understand trauma, especially kids. But where do you want to take this, you know, from here now that the book is out and, uh, you know, and the two of you are doing, I'm I'm sure multiple interviews in different places. Um, Where are you wanting to take this journey next?
1: We, we want to speak, we want to speak to women's groups. Uh, I have a real desire to get in and talk to treatment facilities, uh, to teach them how to work with clients that have experienced complex trauma and are dealing with PTSD. I think what we learn in textbooks often is not translatable to humans and what they really need Yep. So, you know, we've started talking to, to different treatment facilities and uh, we'd like to go to women's retreats and things like that to really spread this word. One of the, the points that I make in the book is it, we've all experienced trauma on right. on some level. I and mean, it, it, whether you have walked through trauma yourself, whether you've heard somebody talk about it, whether you open your social media account and see photos of the latest mass shooting, um, the brain initially takes that in as trauma, period. Mm -hmm. It can't distinguish initially whether you're hearing about it or having lived through it. So to the brain, trauma is trauma. Um, And I really want to be able to, to talk to people about ways that they can regulate themselves get out of their limbic survival brain and into their, their, their frontal lobe brain where they can make healthy decisions and, and respond rather than react.
0: Absolutely. How about your kids, Sherry, um, you know, and how you're operating as a mother and your kid's relationship with their grandmother?
1: Uh, my son, is that, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Dakota. Uh-huh. yes, he is um you know my mother and son had a a bond early early on when he was an infant um, that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen um, they are are kindred spirits and mm-hmm. um and have I have had mom very involved in his upbringing and his life. And because of that, you know, now he's 21 and uh, he sees her once a week. Um, if there's a problem going on in his life, he's he's got to call his Nana and get her <laughs> get her opinion on things. So uh, that's been a beautiful relationship to watch unfold. He has thanked us. Her in particular, many times for breaking the chain of, of, of abuse and uh, neglect and trauma that, that you know, was cast over my mom, our, our family legacy for generations. Um, and for him to be able to look at her and say, thank you, thank you for making the decision to get healthy so that mom could parent me the way she did and I can be the man I am today. Mm. Mm-hmm. are you ever have you ever had the thought that you're grateful
0: you had a boy?
1: You know, I I am. I um I think there was misconceptions for me uh, growing up about men <laughs> and uh you know, I had I had some uh I was misinformed. I was misinformed about the the heart and beauty uh, that that lies within a a man's spirit. And getting to see that in a little boy and an adolescent, now a young man, has been really healing, I think, for mom and I both.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm grateful I had a son. I don't know what I would have done with a daughter. I don't know that I wouldn't have been able to um, not perpetuate at least some of the emotional trauma so it, I feel like I didn't have a daughter for a very good reason. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Resonates.
0: Yep, absolutely. Well, tell our listeners where they can find the book and um, and find out more about the two of you.
1: Well, our book is called Which Way? And uh, by Sherry and Jan Simmons. It's available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. Um, it can be purchased through our website, um, sherrysimmons.com. And, um, yeah, those are the, those are the two places.
0: Great. And I want to make sure listeners that it's sherry S H A R -R I S I M M O N S. .com is how you can find the website. Jan and Sherry, thank you so much for um, sharing your story and, um, and doing the work that it took to make this happen.
2: Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Kristen. It was it was a pleasure to be here.
0: Absolutely. Thank you listeners for tuning in to another edition of Mental Health News Radio
1: Surprised when I don't hate on you girl. After all we promised We'd
2: be cordial Sometimes in you oh, are I can fight it. Good boy